This episode is brought to you by Rev1. Rev1's mission is to help entrepreneurs build great companies. As you navigate the waters of business entrepreneurship, you don't have to go it alone. A strategic partnership with Rev1 connects innovators to the talent, customers, space, and funding you need when you need it. Get started with Rev1 Startup Studio by visiting rev1ventures.com to learn more. Again, the website is rev1ventures.com. Support for 614 Startups comes from Color Coded Labs. It's time for a better career in tech. Introducing Color Coded Labs, a 16-week boot camp that does more than just teach basic code. It's a program designed to help you actually get a career in tech. At Color Coded Labs, we've removed all the barriers to help you learn the skills you need to start a career you love in weeks, not years. All designed for people of color by people of color. Apply now at colorcodedlabs.com. 614 Startups Nation, welcome to another episode of the 614 Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon, your host, and there are a few guests that get me as fired up as my guest today. I'd like to welcome Gloria Ware of Get The Bag. Gloria, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I'm fired up about being here. All right, Cleveland is in the house. Cleveland 216, baby. Yeah, I know. I mean, I follow you on social media, so I know you're all about Cleveland. Um, is that your hometown? Is that where you're from originally? Yes, I am from Cleveland, originally born, um, raised in Cleveland, Los Angeles, and Detroit. So a little bit of uh, Midwest and with a touch of West Coast. Okay. Is, graduated from The Ohio State University so um, and have lots of friends and have done work all across the state of Ohio. So I really claim the entire state of Ohio as uh, my first love. Love it. Now, Ohio is a small state. But it feels like if you're not very purposeful, you tend to kind of stay Absolutely. in your city. You know, you could get to Cleveland in like, what, sub two hours. You I know. You know, we should be moving around the state a little bit more than we do. It's unfortunate that we have to, you know, kind of have conversations long distance. But mm -hmm. hopefully with this generation of entrepreneurs, founders, yes. and investors, we can yes. close the gaps across the state. All right. Now, for people who don't know you, why don't you start with a bit of your personal and professional background and how you came to be the founder of Get the Bag? Yeah. So I, like I said, from uh, born in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, raised pretty much a good part of my life in Cleveland, but spent some time in other, uh, other cities as well. Graduated from The Ohio State University, um, where I actually wor uh, worked, worked a lot of places while there, but my, one of my last uh, uh, assignments was with the Office of Black Student Programs. And through that, I was exposed to entrepreneurship as a potential, you know, career opportunity, not just for myself, but, you know, anyone that was interested in um, leveling up financially. And that's where I actually launched my very first entrepreneurial kind of uh, program, right? So designing conceived of a program to connect the students from the Office of Black Student Programs, Ohio State University, and even individuals that live in the surrounding neighborhood, which look very different than the surrounding neighborhood does today, to entrepreneurship, um, invited people from other resource providers from the ecosystem, you know, we weren't using that word ecosystem back then and got really excited when I received feedback that people had actually started to pursue their entrepreneurial journey. And from that, um, I actually worked for the state of Ohio for about 18 months, but um, got my banking career started at what's now JP Morgan Chase, entered their management training program. 
And um, and I would just say that really that experience and the lessons learned uh, have shaped a lot of who I am and how I think and what I do. Uh, one of the first assignments that I had as a management trainee was to run the Banks United Way campaign along with another person. So that connect, connected me to this understanding of community and charity and social impact, right? Having that kind of exposure. Um, came back to Cleveland and uh, in the 90s to work with what's now PNC Bank and then finished up my banking career in 2010 at Fifth Third Bank. And I've served in roles from product manager, retail manager, small business banker. So I've been working with small businesses for a long time and then a commercial lender. Left around the crisis in you know, 2008, the, you know, the downturn, we're seeing a lot of things happen. And I really believe that entrepreneurship was the path back, right? The path back to uh, seeing more jobs, um, seeing more jobs in the communities that were being negatively impacted by those job losses. And I wanted to work on the side of the entrepreneur, right? I was working for these large um, financial institutions and I wanted to see what it was like to work for a smaller organization that was still young and uh, work directly with entrepreneurs and then get to work specifically with entrepreneurs of color. So started at Jumpstart 2010, um, always served on the inclusion team throughout the entire experience. And Jumpstart is uh, kind of like a Rev1. It receives funding from the Ohio Third Frontier and it serves um, venture, uh, it serves early stage companies and invest in early stage companies in primarily upstate, um, um, upstate kind of northern Ohio, but we had Jumpstart has a few funds that invest across the state as well, including one that invests exclusively in women and entrepreneurs of color called the Focus Fund. Um, and I was a part of conceiving that fund. And so that's how I came to build relationships with people and ecosystem leaders across the state of Ohio in terms of trying to promote that fund and get the word out. So I've been really working outside of Northeast Ohio, I would say at least since 2012. Uh, and um, have, so your, your point about, you know, how we have all of these different sub-regions and there should really be this connectivity, that's been a big goal of mine since 2012 when the Black Enterprise um, Conference came to Columbus. But I uh, have been doing that the last four years have been serving in more of like a philanthropist role serving as an intermediary for key bank, the key bank foundation which had partnered with jumpstart to invest in workforce development and entrepreneurship programs focused on women and people of color across the state. So a lot of work done in Columbus partnered with uh, Perscolas, Women's Center for Economic Opportunity, a number of organizations, I have some other things that I did right before I left. And then I left uh, in um, September 1st. I started my business, Get the Bag, which is about powering up and promoting Black women entrepreneurs with the focus on access to capital and then also visibility. And I started that at the, in the fall of 2019. And um uh decided to leave in september to grow that and then i also have a consulting firm that um i'm spending some time on as well all right so i mean i love origin stories right so now we're at get the bag okay yes. so we we start businesses for a wide variety of reasons yes what was it in that september right where you said you know what I have to do this and now is the time. What yes. was the passion? What was the mission? What was the yeah. vision behind Get the Bag? 
Well, it was always my plan that when I left my last job, you know, whatever that be, in this case, it was Jumpstart, that I was going to start a business. That was always the goal in 2010. That was the goal, right? So um, I felt that, you know, I had been working on, you know, building out the business, getting my branding, building, uh, you know, getting some traction. Um, and just with everything happening, right, uh, in 2021, um, this huge interest in entrepreneurship, uh, the big focus on small businesses because of the impact of the pandemic, the big focus on Black-owned businesses in terms of the disproportionate impact of their businesses due to the pandemic, and even, you know, more so Black women. People were focused on women. A lot of women were the ones negatively impacted um, because they were either caregivers or negatively impacted from job loss or having children and trying to juggle that, right? And so, it just fell, and then my uh, our partnership with um, KeyBank that it ended in June. So I felt like I had done the work that I needed to do there. I was able to make some seed investments, up to two million dollars in seed investments in organizations, and help them to level up. And they were have success successfully secured follow-on funding. I kind of use that analogy in the nonprofit world, and had some great programs going. And I just felt like the time was right. Right. And then things were just getting crazy, right? Trying to uh, run a business, be involved in organizations supporting entrepreneurs, particularly in the last two years when there were so many challenges and pivots and turnarounds. And, uh, and I think I remember you kind of having this discussion with one of your guests, uh, previous guests, you just have to make a decision that, okay, I can't, I can't keep, you know, doing both. And so I decided that I was going to go you know, go hard on get the bag. And here we are. Love it. So give us the elevator pitch. What is get the bag? Yeah. So get the bag is an e-commerce platform um, and a community, right? That is centered around powering up and promoting black women entrepreneurs. Right. And we do that in two ways. Um, Biggest challenge for Black women entrepreneurs is lack of access to capital, whether it's financial capital or social capital. So we provide opportunities for them to get information about accessing a wide spectrum of capital, not just venture capital, right? Um, and then uh, we provide content and a curriculum to help them to do that successfully. Um, and then we also provide opportunity for them to get the visibility since they don't have capital, we don't have marketing dollars, right? To get the visibility that they need, particularly at a time when people are very interested in buying and supporting Black-owned businesses, right? Uh, to get the visibility that they need. that they need, And we do that by uh, featuring their stories um, on our website, but also curating brands, Black women-owned brands, and helping people that are interested in uh, supporting these businesses or supporting black owned business or wanting just wanting to buy more black owned products to discover them. So we provide uh, a, a way of helping you to save time, but discover cool, amazing brands that you can continue to support. Many of these brands you can purchase, you know, at Target or, you know, Walmart or um, um, Ulta, a number of Nordstrom's. So mm -hmm. that is the goal. When I say powering up, it means financially you know, giving them the power that they need to grow and scale and then promoting, making, making sure that they're visible because as black women, a lot of times we do feel like we're invisible. 
And um, so that was a very intentional, those are very intentional words that I, ch I chose to make sure that people do see us and see our amazing products and the gifts that we have to bring and um, have no excuses for, uh, for supporting us and um, taking advantage of these amazing products and services. All right, now I don't even know quite how to ask this, this question. It's gonna be kind of an asymmetric question for okay. business podcasts, but yeah. I think you're rightly positioned to help me understand this, right? Okay. Because in the past, what tend to happen in the, like kind of the wake of, 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 of racial unrest in this country is mm -hmm. some kind of political solution, right? So you mm -hmm. had the civil rights movement and out of that came voting rights and the civil rights act, et cetera, right? There have been other inc uh, incidents like in the early nineties with Rodney King, where there was a riot, but really no kind of like resolution, right? We understood that these issues uh, uh, existed around police mm -hmm. brutality and communities of color, etc. But it felt like in 2020, a new kind of um, uh, idea emerged, which was, hey, why don't we shift to more of an economic focus in the wake of these? Because these problems are not just political or social, mm -hmm. they're also economic. Right. Absolutely. How does this new movement into an economic type of civil rights really impact how you approach these businesses? And do you truly think that people, when they hear, hey, we want to support black businesses, hear your heart or what you are intending to do versus, oh, no, this is just somebody who's uh, playing the race card. How do you how do you deal with those kind of conversations as you're out uh, building your business? Yeah. Yeah, well, I do want to say this notion of uh, focusing on economics is a very old notion. It's, it's new to many of us, right? Um, there's a great book, several great books, but one in particular that I recommend that everyone reads, and it's called The Color of Money. And it's um, you, uh, the history of U.S. Black banks and the, the Black wealth gap. And I, when I was reading it, it was almost like, whoa, we're thinking we're doing something new, but people have been working on this issue of economic freedom through entrepreneurship for since the since Reconstruction, right? Even prior to that, right? But mm -hmm. definitely, that was one of the first things that people, formerly enslaved people, said, "Hey, we need to." And they didn't really have any other choice but to buy black, right? Because they were still very restricted in their movements, and have been really up until the Civil Rights Movement. So it's not new. Right. Um, there's just been a lot of um, deterrence and distractions over that time. I think we all have been familiar with the story of Tulsa. It's not new, but what it what it felt like, it, it was like a groundswell. You could yeah. feel it. It was different yeah. this time around, right? Yeah. Everybody started something. I would say, Everybody yeah, maybe more people. Yes. Made commitments. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Now, now yes. there was yes. a financial. Yes. Uh, yes. uh, 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 people were willing to commit dollars, yes, right? They I were agree. they would say X number of dollars towards, yeah, you know, spending with minority businesses, and I think that was really a difference, don't you think? Yeah, more people came to the table. More corporations right. were visible and open um, with uh, with their declarations and and commitments. So I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think as it relates to kind of people, you know, wondering like, hey, is this just someone trying to co-opt this moment, right? And this is where, you know, I always talk to uh, young professionals about your reputation, right? It's very important to build a solid, solid reputation, to be authentic, incredible. And that's how I've moved my entire uh, career. And it's been something, again, like I said, I've been doing this work since I was an undergrad at The Ohio State University, right? Connect 
you know, promoting black owned business and black entrepreneurship. So it's a consistent theme, you know, as a banker, I did access to capital workshops. I worked on these initiatives, you know, in the last 10 years in the venture capital, venture development space. Um, so, and I've actually funded entrepreneurial support programs. So I think it was just very natural for me when people learn what I'm doing to say, oh, of course, that's what you're doing, Glory. <laughs> right. Um, and I've always, even before this moment, myself tried to spend more dollars with Black and diverse-owned businesses, been very intentional about that. And so I understand the challenges of like the time that it takes to try to find them and then, you know, uh, vet certain businesses. So I, I, I do understand that is it takes time to do that. And a lot of people just wind up defaulting to, you know, going to the big A. Mm -hmm. uh, to Amazon, right? And so uh, I've actually had a lot of corporations unexpectedly, this was not part of my, this wasn't one of my target markets, right? Um, corporate corporations are people from nonprofit in, entities and, and businesses find me, right? And they were super excited about, wow, not only do, can we just support you know, one black owned business or like try to find all these different black owned businesses to support, we can, and it's usually on the corporate gifting side, but you have curated several in a box, right? So our employees, our team members, our fellows, our conference attendees, our speakers can be exposed to these amazing, and, and I'm very particular about how I curate the products, right? These amazing brands. And so that's wonderful because now it scales the number of people that are exposed to these brands. These are corporate executives, you know, uh, CEOs, decision makers that are being exposed to these brands. And um, my goal is to, one of the ways that I feel that buying and supporting a black owned business and the brands that we feature can help them to get the bag is it increases their revenue, right? And as a banker, as a you know venture capitalist, as a uh, organization of evaluating you know uh, business grant you know business grantees, you look at that revenue and you look at the revenue trends. Black women-owned businesses have an average revenue in this country of twenty-four thousand dollars. That's how do you even? That's revenue. We haven't even talked about expenses yet. Mm -hmm. Compared to a white woman-owned business, average revenue of one hundred and seventy-four thousand. So I I felt that if we can number one in addition to providing information and resources to people to understand the process behind uh, securing funding and the when the where and the how if by curating these products it's like my own supplier diversity program i'm actually making a direct impact in helping them to be well positioned to secure funding and then leveraging that by introducing more people to it so helping them to scale their revenues even faster. Yeah, no, I completely understand yeah. when, when, you know, when I got the information, I checked out the website, it, it just made sense to me uh, why a small business uh, who's looking to gain exposure, gain experience and be partnered with a company that's growing rapidly would want to be involved with Get The Bag. But we've laid the premise, but we got to take a, a break, pay some bills. We'll be right back. And we're going to talk about social impact buying yes right and yes. so we'll be right back with my conversation with gloria Ware of get the bag support for the 614 startups podcast comes from book and street book and street provides finance and accounting solutions for startups in the midwest and beyond 
from strategic financial support to bookkeeping and everything in between, they've got your back office covered. Let their experienced team of finance and accounting professionals help your startup get it right, right from the start. Learn more at bookandandstreet.com and set up your free 30-minute consultation with their team today. Support for 614 Startups comes from the law firm of Dickinson Wright, with around 500 attorneys working from 19 offices across the U.S. and Canada. They handle all types of business transactional law, including advising privately held and venture capital-backed companies in capital raising, mergers and acquisition, and transactions involving technology, software, data, and e-commerce. Partner Alex Brown serves as outside counsel to startup companies ranging from business entity selection and formation, protection and commercialization of technology assets, conducting business online, and data security issues. For more information, visit DickinsonWright.com. All right, we are back. All right, that commercial break felt a little bit too long. We want to continue this conversation, Gloria. Let's jump right back into it. Let's talk about social impact buying. What is it? Yeah, social impact buying is basically recognizing that you as a consumer can change the world. You can make an impact with your purchases. Corporations do pay attention to the consumer sentiment and consumer trends. And so it's about buying to make a difference in their world. A good example would be buying from companies that uh, are not making having a negative impact on the environment, buying from companies where maybe the employers, the employees are returning citizens, um, buying from companies that support have you know great policies around LGBTQ or um, support Black-owned businesses. So that is um, social impact buying. So do you feel, I'm, I'm reading a book right now, which is like the relentless, I can't even remember the title, I'm in such a hurry, but it's, it's supposed to help me slow down, right? Which is like the relentless elimination of hurry. It's, I think uh, it's gonna, oh, is it essentialism? I've I, I, I listened to essentialism on yes. audio book. Okay. Okay. But but social impact buying yes. takes yeah. thought. Like yeah. you have to stop. And in a yeah. world that doesn't stop, we tend mm -hmm. to pursue convenience. You mentioned a company name that 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 thrives <laughs> on that convenience yes. factor in our life where we're making purchases without actually thinking. Yes. How does a company like get the bag help us as consumers slow down? and think about our purpose, uh, purchases yeah. and be more purposeful? Well, I think it's, I think number one, um, Generation Z and even millennials are changing the trajectory of maybe some of those tendencies, right? So 72% um, of millennial parents are more likely to be loyal to a brand that shares its efforts on being environmentally responsible. 64% of millennials are willing to pay more for sustainable products. And 52% of, and this is from a 2021 consumer intel report. And, and a lot of this is driven by kind of what's happened over the last couple of years. 52% of respondents said it's important for them to buy from companies whose values match theirs. And that's up from 43% in 2019. So people are already, I think because the pandemic forced us to slow down 
in the same way we're seeing this great resignation of people re having time to rethink like, well, why am I working here? What am I doing with my life? Um, you know, and they're, they've watched how companies have behaved during the pandemic. Uh, that def definitely is changing. So the um, there is, and then Gen Z is all about values. One of the, um, I love following the business of fashion um, and they do a lot of, you know, you've got these luxury brands that are paying attention to what's happening. Um, they do a lot of reporting on, on Gen Z and Gen Z is very particular and they will even go above and beyond kind of what's on the website to truly vet, okay, is this true? Okay, you have carbon offsets, but what does that mean? Let me go a little deeper. And if you'll start to notice that companies are now starting to offer the proof behind the statements on their website in recognition that there's a new generation that's very cynical and digging deeper. So I think that is changing. And I think one of the things too is bringing faces to these brands, right? And so that's why I just added um, last month, a section on my website where I'm gonna be um, featuring the stories of these um, business owners, right? Just to give people more of an emotional connection. And there's a lot more that I wanted to do with that. But I think it's already happening to answer your question. And I do think it's about telling the stories um, of these brands. And once people experience, you know, the, the difference, they're gonna to want to, in the same way that people pay more for, uh, you know, fine coffee, uh, they're gonna to wanna to pay more and take time out to curate brands that meet their values. Yeah, uh, I mean, so, okay, let's think about thriving black brands that have emerged over the last 10 years. So yeah. if you're super into hip hop, you know about Kanye's brand Yeezy, his partnership with Adidas. Or if you're on the direct consumer side on the female end, you know, Rihanna has basically mentioned uh, that's my girl at, that's my, with yeah. Fenty. So we know these yeah. thriving brands that have emerged in the direct to consumer space. But I want to yeah. chat with you about some of the stories that you're curating through Get the Bag. What are some brands? I know they're all like your kids. You all love them <laughs> equally. All right. So I'm asking right. this tongue in cheek. Don't want to get you in trouble right. with anybody you don't mention. You love yes. them all, guys. Mm -hmm. Don't call Gloria getting on her because she didn't mention <laughs> yeah. you. Okay. But what are some brands that you're curating that you're very excited about? Yeah. So one, um, there are two brands uh, in particular, and they are both uh, Haitian uh, Haitian Americans, Haitian um, black women from AT, and they are social enterprises, right? So they kind of meet the 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 you know fair labor requirements. They're um, environmentally responsible, and they are their goal is to rebuild Haiti, right? Through entrepreneurship social enterprise, giving people opportunities to learn about businesses, to work in a way where there's fair labor practices and work and build up the land of, of Haiti. And I love those because we've all been reading the stories about what's been happening in, in Haiti. One of them lost several members of her family in that earthquake from you know several years back. And uh, unfortunately, one of them is the uh, grad from that school up north. Um, and uh, I love what I do, yeah, I remember when we started reading the news about like all the, you know, the latest round of um, dissension that's happening in Haiti. And they said the best thing, the best thing to do is to continue to buy and support our brand so that we can make sure that these people have jobs, have security. And I think we all may have remembered too what happened to a lot of those funds that we donated, right, to various organizations mm -hmm. in Haiti. And there, there's the, the people were still trying to figure out what happened to the money. 
right? So those are two brands. So, so that's Caribou Coffee and Caribou Coffee actually it was a uh, secured one of Beyonce's grants, one of Beyonce's Bay Good grants. And she's expanded um, to a number of beverages. She's been taking advantage of a number of accelerators um, and growing her business and thriving. And then the other is Escania Chocolates and another business that's growing and thriving. Um, another brand that I love is Partake Cookies. So Partake Cookies was created Jay-Z back. So uh, back received capital through one of Jay-Z's venture funds. Um, but it was a, a mother who was, uh, had a daughter who had a lot of allergies, right? And her daughter couldn't enjoy a lot of foods as a result from that. So she went to the kitchen and said, darn it, my daughter is going to be able to enjoy some cookies and some snacks if I have to create it myself. And sure enough, she did. And these are allergy-free, gluten-free. That's the other thing I love about these brands is not only they all have just in terms of their stories or their mission, they're just automatically social impact, right? They're not trying to do it as part of a hook. But created this brand of cookies. They're delicious. They come in lots of flavors. Um, they now have baking mixes and um, created this brand out of just, you know, love for her daughter. And they're sold in stores, you know, Target, uh, Whole Foods, stores all across, all across the country. The other one is a brand called Pipcorn, another brand that you can find increasingly in more retail establishments, and they focus on creating uh, snacks made out of corn, but corn that's not GMO, and um, they're very focused on um, using uh, environmentally friendly practices and have done quite well. They started out with, I think they started out with maybe like uh, maybe popcorn, but they've expanded to a whole, uh, they do snack, they have snacks, they have crackers. And so it's been interesting since I started doing this curation in 2019 to see these brands grow and expand their product lines. And those are, you know, food businesses are high, they can be high, high margin, right? If you do it right. Yeah. So, okay. So let's say, uh, everything, I, you know, I have a great story. Uh, I have a great product. Here's where I feel like you put your consultant hat on as you engage with these brands, right? Cause one yeah. of the things that you learn quite quickly is that there's a strategy to all of this, right? Being an entrepreneur takes experience. And sometimes that experience comes from making mistakes. How do you really work with these uh, business owners when they come to you, putting mm -hmm. your consultant hat and really talking through, okay, well, wh what's your business model here? How are you pricing these products? Well, mm -hmm. what's your real profit margin? Because some of that, that kind of feeds into my next question, which is uh, uh, black female women of color business owners struggle with financing. That's often because even though they might have the customers, the numbers just don't add up. How do you approach mm -hmm. working with the folks that you uh, are or that participate and get them back? Yeah, so that's one of the things that I want to do more of in 2022. You know, now that I'm able to work full time is build out a curriculum, right? And thinking about the groups of people. I've got e-commerce businesses. I have food and beverage. I've got uh, beauty uh, beauty and wellness. So a lot of professional services, not necessarily that they're my client, that I, I'm their client. Um, I would like to add more professional services to kind of this curated group. Um, but so in the ways that I have been able to kind of coach these entrepreneurs and some of them, like one of them is a Dartmouth MBA, right? So she's worked on Wall Street, right? So some of them, they have corporate backgrounds and even though they might be running a food-based business or a health and beauty-based business, very strong 
right? Very strong skills and background. Uh, but others, I would basically just connect them to, you know, maybe give feedback on the product and presentation, um, connecting them to uh, other, to finding fi finance sources, to funding sources. That's probably the thing that I do that has the greatest impact. And then sharing just through the content, a lot of the content that I provide in my newsletters, also through the subscription, people that subscribe, sharing information about just kind of the fundamentals of funding, right? Because I've been blessed that I've had banking experience, right? I've worked with small businesses. I've worked with uh, middle market sized businesses. I've funded cities and counties and colleges and universities. I've worked on the philanthropy side. I've worked on the venture capital side. But there's like seven, there are like six fundamental practices, regardless of where you're getting funded, that apply to all of those disciplines, right? So that is what I really want to communicate to people is those six fundamental practices and do more work around that. One example would be, okay, if you're e-commerce business of a certain size, what should your margins be? Hang right. on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's going to be okay. our teaser for our okay. next segment, okay? okay? The six fundamentals. All right. Now, yes. you're going to have to register for Get the Bag to get the full story, but she's going to give us a preview of the six fundamentals when we come back. I'll be right back to continue my conversation with Gloria Ware of Get the Bag. Okay. Support for the 614 Startups podcast comes from Bernstein Private Wealth Management's Columbus-based team of professional advisors. In a world where most investment managers look alike, Bernstein Private Wealth Management has evolved into an organization like no other. Some money managers look to add value after a business is sold, but Bernstein delivers proactive advice right from the start. Whether you're eyeing the exit or you've just launched, Bernstein is committed to your financial success. If you're interested in partnering with Bernstein on your entrepreneurial journey, visit Bernstein.com to learn more. Again, that website is Bernstein.com to learn more. Bernstein fully invested in better outcomes. Support for the 614 Startups podcast comes from Nationwide. Nationwide's mission is to protect people, businesses, and futures with extraordinary care. To help fulfill that mission, Nationwide is looking to invest its $350 million venture capital investment fund in InsureTechs that will help them create new and exciting products and solutions to meet the needs of their customers. If you're interested in partnering with Nationwide's venture capital team, visit nationwideventures.com to learn more. Again, the website is nationwideventures.com. Nationwide is on your side. I am back to continue my conversation with Gloria Ware of Get the Bag. All right, I am on edge right now. We're going to talk not about all six fundamentals, but about, you know, like kind of one, maybe two, maybe three, if you want to stretch it that are like your absolute, like, you got to get this right. You just yeah. got to get this right. So what are some of those fundamentals? First big one, and I know we're all so tired of hearing this word, mindset. Mm -hmm. But it's so important, right? Um, because it's hard being an entrepreneur, and it's really hard raising capital, right? So if people want to- oh, And it's not just your skin color. It's hard for everybody. It's hard for everyone, right? Okay, all right. Um, and, uh, you know, skin color and gender does add an additional layer of difficulty. But, I know, but the, but the baseline is hard. 
it's hard, right? Yeah. And so, but it's important for you to just recognize that and know mm -hmm. that it's about getting up and getting back and moving forward, learning from, you know, learning from your stakes, but being confident. And I would say for a lot of people, particularly women and people of color, sometimes the confident factor shows up in a different, in, in a way in terms of how much money we ask for, right? How big we think our business could be, right? So it's about having a big vision for your, not being afraid to have a big vision for your company and knowing that with the right team and the right resources, you can map out a plan to get there, right? And, and the money, right? Big vision means big money. And so it's doable. You can make it happen. Just need the right team, right plan, but you have to have that mindset of thinking big. You can do it being positive. So that's, that's a big one. All right. So, so how do you get somebody okay. like, like, let's say they're not there, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. What are some, is it something that you're like, listen, you gonna have to get there on your own. I can't drag you all the way to success, right? How, how do you deal with that? Or, or, you know, how do you balance the two, right? Because, you know, it's natural. This is mm -hmm. my first time doing this. You're not always, yeah. you're going to fail and bounce yeah. back and all that. How, how are you talking through that with the people that you consult with? I expose them to people that may be, were, that were in a similar situation or that they feel are like them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I can relate to that person. They have, we have the same story or they go, right? And by hearing, right, this is where, and this is the lesson that I've learned in doing this work professionally. When people see people that look like them and that have had somewhat shared experiences, they can then relate to that. Wow, I can do that, like, right? It's like, oh, you did that? I can do it. So it's about this visibility and ex this is where the visibility and exposure to hearing from and seeing other people talk through their hurdles, talk through their successes, talk through how, you know, they were grinding for five years and then all of a sudden they got that big call from the Fortune 500 company that just put them on a different level. And I think mm -hmm. you talked about this and um, you gave an example of your story with your podcast, right? Someone had been watching you for three years. Yes. You know, like, listen, this, Gloria, listen, you are a real listener. We have a real listener here, folks. She's, she's, referencing, she's referencing stories. I'm true to this. Yeah, yeah, I like that. All right. I'm flattered. Right? So they just need to hear it because that's how it works, right? I remember, Shop, like, I didn't hear about Shopify until 20, maybe I started hearing about Shopify, like, in 2017. And, and I thought it was new, right? And it kind of seems new because it started to be on people's radar, right, in the last four or five years. I went back somewhere and found that the Shopify has been around for at least 15 years. Like, right. So, so for me, it's like, if things are slow, if things aren't really happening the way I need to see that and know that because then it gives me encouragement to keep working it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just knowing those stories and this is where the social network people having the right type of people around to tell you, Oh no, it took me 10 years. Right. Like, and then like things just blew up. Um, or, uh, or no, it can be done. This is how you do it. So the mindset. Or it, it blew up. I blew the money. And then right. I had to come back around. Well, there's right that too. You know, not everyone has, can do, can say that, but there, there's also <laughs> that like, okay, somebody can blow money and then come back and do this again. Or, yeah. Or yeah. get on someone else's team. Yeah. So that's how it's really about that. That's where the social capital 
-hmm. is really important, whether it's somebody that you hear from because of their hearing of their story on the podcast or you engage with them on a IG live chat. So I do a lot of IG live chats with other black women entrepreneurs and I'm going to start bringing funders on um, or just reading their stories or, or eating their product. Right. And then just hearing the stories behind it. So mindset. Yeah. Mindset. Number one. What's number two? Relationships. And a lot of these are like, they're just like life things, right? But this is like relationships matter, right? And so you want to start building critical relationships with prospective funders, prospective customers, prospective partners before you really even need, need the relationship, we need the money, need the insights, need the partnership. Because it's about relationships help you to build trust relationships help you to get information that you get over time as trust starts to become, um, as you start to form this bond. And so I always tell people, look, if you need money now, you're trying to get venture capital now, this is not, you're too late. Like you should have been working on, and again, people don't know, but it, it might take you, even if you have an end six months to get to a term sheet. Mm -hmm. Right. If that's if everything is if you're ready right now. Right. It might take you now, you know, 2020 for some companies, it was a little different because a lot of money was uh, being invested. Um, even in the bank. Right. The, oh, gosh, it might take you six months to get an to get a no, like a solid. No, I'm sorry. We, absolutely. We've looked at all of your. No, we can't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you take time in building the relationships and getting to know people and having them get to know you. And this is even outside of the business context, right? Like golf, that, that's, where all, that's where everything happens is right, right? I remember I used to be working away, working hard at my desk when I was in banking and then realizing, whoa, all of the activity, all the, all the everything was happening on the golf course. So even outside of those, um, outside of those professional relationships, invite people, you know, to an event, invite people to a charity event, invite them over to your house or, you know, invite them to the cookout. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's really cr critical is to know that you, and even relationships, you don't even have to physically be there, invite them to your workshop, to your webinar, put, add them to your newsletter to keep people informed as to what you're doing. I've seen people, Dawn Dixon of Popcom, she's a, she kills at this, right? Um, and I've seen where she used that newsletter to make, to turn no's or maybes into yeses, right? And, 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 and it was authentically yes. Dawn. Like yes. just because it worked for Dawn does not necessarily mean it's going to work for you because her strategies are so Dawn. Like everything she does is so her. Yes. Being true to yourself yes. is also a big part of this because people could smell it, right? They could smell mm -hmm. the authenticity. They, mm -hmm. they know if you're building the relationship with some ulterior motive yeah. or if you really want to sow into them. So that's yeah. an important part. All right, we, we're not going to give them all six. Okay, right? okay. They're going to have to email you, get on the newsletter, yes. pay their dues like everybody that's else to right. get the fundamentals. All right, so what's next for Get the Bag? I mean, if, I, if I'm a potential, how, what do you refer to them as? Sellers, business owners? What do you Partners. Partners. If I'm a yes. partner and I want to get a hold of you, I'm yes. a funder. I want to get a hold of you. How do we go about that? Yeah. So you can um, just uh, there's a contact form on my website. Um, you can uh, just complete the contact form, or you can reach out to me at um, info at getthebag.biz. 
Um, and there's a, I have a lot planned for 2022. Definitely going to be focusing more on curriculum to get to this point. Get the Bag actually started out as a book, like a handbook, right? And so I thought it might be more engaging and more fun to do it in a kind of more interactive, hands-on way, but um, definitely so there is a, a foundation and a framework for curriculum. So more of that, more of the hows and the whys. Um, and then definitely want to build out the corporate gifting piece, because as I think about like, ah, that wasn't really what I was trying to do, really kind of be, wanted to have more relationship with the business owners. But I think about, wow, you know, these getting these brands being visible among these decision makers and, and their employees, that can significantly scale the impact that I'm trying to make. And then I would also like to love to have uh, some partners, anybody that would be interested in providing uh, grant funding. So I'd like to start a business grant uh, initiative. Um, and then I'm really excited about the metaverse, group NFTs, cryptocurrencies. So I want to, I am going to be getting our um, get the bag community more informed and more engaged in that because there's a whole, literally like a whole new world of opportunity, including funding opportunities that uh, could be made possible through through that participation. And we just cannot afford to not be there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm only, listen, Gloria, thank you so much for coming on the show. I don't even wanna start on the crypto thing because that'll be a, another podcast, but thank you so much for coming on. My and the one thing that you said that, I mean, you, you said a lot here that really sticks out uh, uh, to me. And another thing for entrepreneurs, don't disqualify yourself. Ah, don't yes. disqualify yourself. Gloria just told you a way that you can get a hold of her right now. If you have an idea, you're building something, you're on a fence about it, you're, you're already launching, you're struggling, don't disqualify yourself. Reach out to Gloria. The one thing I love about being an Ohio entrepreneur is that we're so down to earth. When somebody reaches out to you, you're going to connect with them. You're going to, you, you know, you're going to figure it out. You're going to make it work. So reach out to Gloria. Flood her inbox, y'all. Yes. Yes. Send her your ideas, your company. Engage with her. Follow she me on IG at Get the Bag Boss. Follow her on all social medias, engage with her, be a part of the Get the Bag community. If you yes. know a funder in your life who has grant money, right? That's another thing. Yes. Like people who can access grant money don't always know how to deploy it. Send them over to Gloria at Get I, the Bag. She can help yes. that money do the work. All right, Gloria, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Leo. Thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the 614 Startups Podcast. Until next time. Peace.